0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by loserpool.com as ever. I'm your host Harry Simeon. We're a little bit late this week, unfortunately. Um, I'll take the blame for that. It's my fault. Uh, releasing on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, simply because I couldn't be asked uh, when I got home on Monday night. That's the truth. Um, joining me on the line is my Sofa Sports podcast uh, partner in crime, co-host, whatever you want to call him. It's Dan DeLuca. Dan, welcome. How you doing, mate?
1: Hi, Ari. Thanks for having me on.
0: You're welcome. Anytime. And and there is a special reason I've got you on tonight. Um Usually I don't really like talking to Spurs fans, especially not on here, Uh, but tonight sees the start of a new feature which is called a trip down memory lane where we'll be discussing historical games from the past. Um, I don't know how historical this one is because we beat Spurs a lot of times, so you know it's nothing really that amazing, but um, we put a vote out during the week. We wanted to know what games you wanted us to look back on and given the North London derby is around the corner, we thought it would only be right to do... Uh, one of those games we've picked the Arsenal 5 Spurs 2 from the 26th of February 2012 and and Dan's going to chip in uh, with the Spurs point of view so uh, expect uh, plenty of coating off of Arsenal Uh, not that I condone it but yeah that's what he's here to do Uh, let's quickly run through the two teams Uh, Arsenal went with Wojciech Szczesny in goal Bakary Sanya right back Koscielny, Vermeilen and Gibbs made up the rest of the defence. A midfield of Alex Song and Mikel Arteta with Theo Walcott, Thomas Rizitsky, Yossi Benayoun and Robin Van Persie leading the line. Spurs started with a 4-4-2, it says here. I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate. I'm sure Dan will be able to shed some light on that. But it was Friedel, Walker, Kabul, King, Asua the DJ man, uh, Nico Cranshaw, Harry Redknapp's mate, Scott Parker, Luka Modric, Gareth Bale, Emmanuel Ayo and Louis Saha. Um, Dan, let's start off uh, from the very beginning. Spurs took a 2 0 lead, didn't they? Uh, Louis Saha got the first goal. I'll be honest, I didn't even remember that he played for uh, for Spurs until I, I looked this up again.
1: No, well, this was—if you remember—this was the time Harry Redknapp was just starting. He was just going to court for his tax evasion and um, where we put putting money in his dog's bank account. And um he, he said that he didn't write his tax forms because he couldn't spell. And in January, we were linked with Kakar. And I'm convinced <laughs> that he spelled it wrong. He spelled it wrong. And then we ended up with, with Saha. And then we we got Ryan Nelson thrown into the bargain as well. But that is that is a spelling error. That was meant to be Kakar. And, and this would be a totally different a totally different result. There's no doubt about that.
0: I don't think Kakar would have been interested in, in joining uh, North London's second club, would he? let's be honest, uh,
1: pos- pos- possibly not yeah. possibly not oh, there you go
0: so the game started off um obviously Spurs took the lead Adebayor's through ball completely split that Arsenal defence which was basically non-existent if I'm being honest um and then Saha cut inside onto his left foot didn't he and he shot just uh deflected off of and rather fortuitously went over Wojciech szesny um you must have been in dreamland when that went in
1: yeah I think um I think it's probably worth just touching on the build up to this game in particular because for me this was this is the first season that I would say that Spurs were as good if not better than Arsenal
0: do me a favor over
1: the course <laughs> this is the first this was the first season for me so so and this was the first season where we were challenging to to achieve Champions League football whereby I felt we were good enough so we had a good run with Arsenal in 2006 where we ultimately fell short on the last day, didn't we? But but I don't think Spurs were good enough then. I think we were just, you know, hanging on to Arsenal's coattails throughout the season. In, in 2010, we, we made the Champions League, but it was quite a bit of a poor season. And we did well. But this was the first season where actually, we, we were actually developing into a good side. And it's kind of the start of where Spurs are today, in a way, although we've had some setbacks. But <clears throat> going into this game, um, we were seven points ahead, and Arsenal were just in a bit of bad form. Um, we'd won at Emirates the previous season, which was our first way win we at Arsenal for a good yeah. few years. So confidence was really, really high going into the game. That we felt, you know, we were as good, if not a better, football inside Arsenal. Were in We've just been fall. thumped,
0: haven't we, by AC Milan in the Champions League four 0 So you must, yeah, have that's really right. your chances,
1: yeah, you just lost to Sunderland as well. But I mean, I know, I know, I know better than you know when it comes to when it comes to derbies. <laughs> You know, form form needs to be ignored in most cases, especially when there's a certain team at home. But we're going into it full of confidence and we've taken the lead after four minutes, which, which, as you say, was a very fortuitous goal. But, yeah, I I remember watching the game, um, obviously, in anticipation. It was one of the biggest North London derbies for for some time at that point. And, um, yeah, it was a remarkable start for us, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at the the teams, which I've already touched on, I mean, Arsenal's defence w- was not too bad Sanya Kashoni Vermalen we were having a debate on the same old Arsenal last night about whether he uh was better than Per Mertesacker I don't personally think so um I don't think, Marlon. Yeah I don't think he was as good a defender it'd be interesting to get your take from a neutral point of view Um I thought he was re- I thought he was a really good
1: defender I thought I thought he was a really good player more so um but I think he had defensive lapses in him and I think if you, you'll remember obviously but his first season, he his goal scoring exploits were ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um he was scoring goals with his head, his feet, he was popping up in a box. And I think that's that can mask things a little bit. So it happens a lot in the modern model, particularly with fullbacks, where you think someone's a really good fullback because they pop up in the opposition box a lot when the fundamentals have to be you've got to be able to defend. Um I thought he was a good defender. Um he went to Barcelona where, you know, Barcelona historically the exception of pre-old possibly but they have got a habit of getting defenders over there who don't necessarily need to defend but are better at ball playing so i think he was more suited to spain albeit it never worked out for him injury wise but there was a period of time where he was he was probably one of the first names on your team sheet so i don't know if he was a bad player but um i think he he didn't quite have the discipline of of a top level center half
0: yeah i don't disagree with that and that's what i was saying yesterday I, i felt that his goal-scoring exploits masked the fact that he couldn't defend half the time. And that's just, you know, a lot of people would disagree with me, but that's just how I feel on that particular player.
1: That's um, how the cookie crumbles sometimes.
0: That's right, that's right. But looking at Spurs's team, a midfield of Cranshaw, who, you know, was a fairly decent player back then. Um, Scott Parker, you knew you were going to get hard work out of him. Uh, Luca Modric, who has gone on to become... One of the world's best central midfield players, if not the best, and then obviously Gareth Bale. I mean, that was quite a formidable midfield for Spurs, wasn't it?
1: Um, yeah, it, it was. And um, this this season here, where I said earlier, this was the first time actually I felt we were a good side and we, we were competing on merit, and it has been the base the base of, of of almost where we are today. Is that side learned how to? how to play as a team, as opposed to in the past where we had some terrible players and one or two good individuals on paper, uh, there's still some poor individual players on that lineup that you, you, you read out there, but we had a terrible start to the season. Luca Modric, who, who you touched on, has gone on to bigger and better things, but this was the year where we, we fended off bids from other clubs. And, um, the first two games, he, he didn't start one, had a sulk in the second one and got subbed off. But yeah. we, went, we went on a run, um, after the first two games where we won, I think we won 10 of 11 games or we won nine out of 10 games and drew the other with six wins in a row, which I think was our our Premier League record at that time. Um, So we really worked out how to play the team. I think Scott Parker was, was pivotal to that because he did the, he did the only work in the middle, allowed Luca Modric to space to ping the ball. And obviously with Gareth Bale on the pace he had at that particular time, um, Adebayor had a really good season as well, scoring goals. So everything sort of come together for us in that season. So, for us we we felt even though Arsenal had if you listed the individuals on a piece of paper, you'd have probably had three Arsenal players in the top five and two Spurs players. but we did feel going into that game that midfield would be where we where we could for once win the battle and the first five or ten minutes of the game from pretty much from kickoff, Spurs were passing the ball around in a really composed fashion away from home yeah. um, and whilst the goal was was lucky, there was nothing at that point really to to be anything but completely
0: happy with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And from an Arsenal point of view, I mean, I'll be honest, I was shitting my pants. There's nothing worse than losing at home to your North London rivals. And then the, the, the sort of the terror got worse when Gareth Bale... You've only seen it through.
1: once. You've only seen it once in your
0: lifetime, I'd true, say. True, Maybe twice. True, true, that is true. And I do feel <laughs> sorry for you lot, to be honest. No, I don't really. Um, but obviously that, that fear got worse when Gareth Bale raced through... Um, and was, was down and Spurs got a penalty and ended up going 2-0 up Emmanuel Adebayor from the spot now um, I, I remember feeling that day a bit like I was equally I was disappointed that we'd just conceded but I was also equally as pissed off that it was Emmanuel Adebayor, um, given that he used to play for us and the way he left and and things like that but you know adebayo was was a pretty decent forward you've got to say uh, i don't know what you think i think yeah i was looking at it like last night he's got almost a 1 to 1 two goal ratio for arsenal for his, during his time at arsenal so that's pretty impressive um and he's a player who probably gets a lot more stick than he deserves um i think like by the end we absolutely hated him that
1: season he joined he joined for us on on deadline day or the day before deadline day Scored on his debut against Wolves, which was the third game of our season, and we got three points, having lost three 0 or five one in our first two games. Um, but we we were desperate for a striker, and when he joined, we were quite happy because he had been scoring goals. I didn't think he had the best start at Arsenal when he initially joined. I thought he's a very unorthodox player. Yeah, definitely. But, um, the the guy knew where the goal was. Um, I mean, when he played for Arsenal, he scored against Spurs every time. It was like Robert Perez. You you knew he'd score and one, at least one of them at Wild Lane. I was at the game, um, you can imagine. was an absolutely ridiculous goal.
0: The one where he flicked it um, out in the corner and smashed it from outside the box. I remember that. Ping. We,
1: we were the best side on that day as well. It was just so demoralising to see that fly in. Um, Quality comes
0: and think, Quality comes
1: is not it? I think Denilson <laughs> the the hit an absolute worldie in that game as well. But we're not talking about that. Um, but yeah, I remember this game here, Arsenal, the first 15, 20 minutes or so, Spurs were, Spurs were pretty much... Comfortable and in command, and then Arsenal gradually started to take over lots of possession, Spurs on the back foot, and it was starting to, you know, you're starting to get a little bit jittery and thinking we're losing control of the football match a little bit earlier than you'd like. And then it was on the break where the penalty was won. And if I'm, if I'm honest, I, I thought it was a bit of a dive, um, I thought it was, you know, it was. A clearly played for penalty there was there was sort of a sandwich between them the defender i can't remember who it was if i'm honest i've was not seen gibbs. the games
0: i think it was kieran gibbs and there's a uh, gibbs Chesney, yeah
1: yeah Chesney was was prone to go walkabouts anyway during his time at arsenal <laughs> and, and just didn't make the, the best decision and it was all too easy for gareth Bell to just get to the ball first of course he will um and, and win the penalty that way but it was a penalty where he played for it and um you know, to say to dive is perhaps a little bit pushing it, but it, you know he knew exactly what he was doing, and there was never any chance that a goal was going to be scored. It was get to the ball first, and, and we'll take the penalty. Yeah. And um, at that point, two 2-0 was a massive relief because, like I say, I remember I remember vividly. I remember the game vividly. I've, I've not even seen it since, if I'm honest. Um, but I remember I vividly to at, at that point. Um, just just seeing the game and Arsenal starting to take over, obviously away from home. They get Against, you know, this they, was still a good side. It wasn't the best Arsenal side of that decade by any means. But to then go tune it up um, within 10, well, 10 minutes to half time ish, you know, you're feeling in really good shape. Yeah. And at that point, you've just got to get to half time, you feel. And um, the rest will be history.
0: That's right. And, and Arsenal, as you said, they they managed to nick a goal five minutes before half time, actually. The most unlikely of goal scorers as well, Bakary Sanya. Um, Arteta with a left-footed cross. He just sort of floated it into the box, and Sanya just seemed to arrive late. Um, nobody picked him up, and he managed to guide his head into the his header, sorry, into the far corner. But, but why he... was he there?
1: I, I still won't understand what, what was he doing there? Because, <clears throat> like we said before, that was like the Marlon that popped up there. Um, I remember the goal. It came from it, it. There was a set play. The ball was half cleared. It ended up at van Persie, and he's hit a, a trademark um you know 20 yard rasper that's hit the outside of the post and um traveled wide and you kind of think the damage is done that the, the damage is over at that point and it's fallen into the path of an arsenal player a couple of passes and it crossed back into sagna so i think sagna might have stayed up possibly but
0: yep,
1: it's just um is a really unlikely you know i, I can't recall or imagine he scored and many other headers from the middle of the box for no, Arsenal. I, I, I can
0: only That's... remember two or three backer he goals for Arsenal, to be honest. Um, but yeah, back in the game, five minutes to go till time, And then Robin Van Persie had another one of those shots that you spoke about. Another trademark effort. Made a bit of space for himself onto that wand of a left foot of his and found the far corner. Friedel, absolutely no chance. Brilliant goal. 2-2, <laughs> half time. And, uh... I think this
1: was a lot of, there's a lot of power in it as well. He didn't quite find the corner, but I think this game, obviously we're going to come on to the second half in a minute and maybe talk a bit of the tactics, but this is a game where in terms of in terms of timing, everything, everything's everything gone right for Spurs getting an early goal and then getting a second goal before off time when we were starting to lose a bit of control of the midfield, everything's perfect. And then for Arsenal to pop up with the two goals the way they did just before half-time change the complexion completely because the half-time team talk, the half-time tactics and everything went out of the window and then furthermore, you're still sitting there at half-time thinking, well, do you know what? Actually, we're in this game. We've still got players who can hurt Arsenal. We're still playing well enough and, you know, this game could be anybody's at this point and then Arsenal scored within five minutes of the restart as well and that was the moment really where where the game was done. I think, during that period, I, you will know, because we speak a lot, I wasn't a massive fan of Harry Redknapp as, as, as a football manager, yeah. tactically. He frustrated me a lot. But what Harry Redknapp did at Tottenham, I have managed to have been doing it for, for decades, but Harry Redknapp at Tottenham was was the pinnacle of this is what we'll do. What we'll do is we'll, we'll get a goal and we'll play on the counter-attack. And that's fine, but you can't counter-attack when the ball is in your own net. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that, at that point, you have to pick it up and walk to the centre circle. And that, that's that I feel was was Harry Redknapp's downfall um possibly even even in, even in this game I, I do I do feel like just sitting there getting a goal and hoping to counter attack is great um but you're inviting a team to attack and it's a risky strategy and sometimes you have to weigh up what risk is bigger um this isn't a Tottenham show but the the game, the game that ultimately cost us our Champions League position in this in this season was a game before the end of the season against Aston Villa where he finished fourth, but obviously Chelsea won the Champions League and Arsenal finished third by that point, So, or on the last day, but basically it was against Aston Villa and they were down to 10 men, and instead of throwing a kitchen sink at Aston Villa in the last 25 minutes, he didn't. So he essentially gambled that Chelsea would lose the Champions League final, and he decided that was more likely than Emil Heskey scoring for Aston Villa. <clears throat> Just really poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah, the goal, the Van Persie goal it was a lot of it was all about power. He didn't quite find the corner. To,
0: no, to be honest, to be honest, watching it back today, you know, he, he sets it out wide and it it's not that powerful by Van Persie's standards. It just seems to bend. It he whips away it from the keeper, doesn't yeah, it? That's it, right.
1: It sort of curls away from Brad Friedel. I think Brad Friedel was about sixty four years old during that game as well. So yeah, probably. His, his his reflexes aren't going to be tipped
0: up. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't think many goalkeepers would have saved that. Um but then yep, half time came and six minutes after the break, Thomas Rosicky popped up. Now he actually started this move interestingly. Um he waited for Bakary Sanya to come up on the overlap. He just played it into his path. But like you said, I mean I'm not entirely sure what Spurs were doing there because having watched it back again today, you know, <laughs> it just seems like Arsenal got so much room and to let Arsenal break and, and have so much space is just suicide. Um, particularly with the quality that we had up top at that point. Um, and then Sanya puts the low cross in, Rosicki pops up at the near post and just sort of lifts it over the goalkeeper um, or just nicks in before him actually and just gets it into that near post.
1: Yeah, we just beat Lady King at the near post, didn't we? And he, he managed to yeah, it, just get under the ball and nick, and, and, and nick it and apply the finish. That's and, it.
0: Um, Classic Thomas Rosicki that is arriving late in the box. And, you know, with explosive pace and it's a real shame that he had so many injury problems at Arsenal because he was a really good player, loved by the fans, um, had a great relationship with us as supporters. And it's a real shame that he didn't get to play more football for Arsenal. Yeah, he, was,
1: he was a very good player and he, he's, a, he's a likeable player as well. Actually. He's a very, very clever footballer. You know, there's some footballers that you don't like um, for whatever reason. He's not one of them yeah like no, you, like, so like Deli Alley, for example is a player you could quite easily understand why rival fans don't
0: like him oh yeah but have you seen that video of him a, today as well have you seen that no. video of him there's a video of him and Ross Barkley pissed out of their heads in a hotel after the England game arguing with staff and causing them grief and some guys uh, videoed it and he's put it on the internet and it's gone viral so uh, have a look out for that and you'll see exactly I'll, why we don't like him uh, uh,
1: I will do but you see, it's understandable that he's a sort of player that a rival fan wouldn't like. When rival fans don't like Harry Kane, I, I don't understand that because he, he's a pretty inoffensive human being. It's not human that we don't being. like
0: him, we just don't understand what he's saying half the time. He, he looks like he's going to lick the, we'll put the sub- or something. we
1: we'll put the subtitles on. <laughs> a, I don't even the think technology.
0: the subtitles have caught up yet. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I <clears throat> can't understand him when he speaks. I really can't. Um, right, just conscious of time, let's move on. To the fourth goal. Um, and this was the nail in the coffin for Spurs as far as I'm concerned. Um, Theo Walcott. Now, interestingly, Van Persie gets the ball. I think Arsenal have tried to break here. Van Persie holds the ball up. He's got two defenders on him. And he's managed to to just hold it off. Hold off the challenge from uh, just having a look at it now. I think it's Caball is one of them. Uh, not sure who the other one is. And then Van Persie just plays it across. Walcott takes a a bit of a bad touch, as you'd expect from Theo Walcott. But the finish, the the little dink over Brad Friedel, I mean, I I sit behind that goal. And I must admit, when I saw Walcott receive the ball and it sort of hit off his knee first and took him a little wider than he probably would have liked, I thought, here we go again. Typical Theo Walcott, he's going to mess this right up. Um, At that point, did you feel the game was over or did you feel it at 3-2? Um, no, I
1: felt it at that point. I mean a three two when you've thrown away a two goal lead it's you know it's hard to be that positive, but you know, you still know that we've got players on the pitch who are capable of scoring goals. Yeah. But when that goal goes in and bear bearing in mind when the next goal went in as well, you just feel you know, we've seen Arsenal do this for, 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 for decades, you know, when Arsenal get their tails up and they start attacking at pace, um you you know you're in a bit of trouble. And obviously, you've got to remember at this point, and I don't want to give any of your your followers any more reason to to, to self-indulge because Arsenal fans, you know, they take any opportunity to do that anyway. But, but as a Spurs fan, you know, we've seen this before. We've led Arsenal before. During the, the run where, you know, there was a time when Arsenal were, you know, on a different planet to Tottenham, even in those times, the amount of those games that we led, um, some we deserve to win and didn't get points. Some we deserve to draw and didn't get points. You know, we'd seen this all before. So at the point, at the point we've gone from two no up uh, and suddenly we're four, two down. Obviously, you know, you get that, you get that air of resignation as a fan that says, you know, here we go again. Yeah. So <clears throat> at that point, that is, that is a nail in the coffin in that football match. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> you,
1: you got to remember like, so Theo Walcott is not a player, um, that I rated particularly highly. Um, he might be slightly underrated overall uh, across his career but yeah. he had a lot he had a lot of faults and I think he he got a lot of um, he got a lot of uh, extra treatment when he was 16 that he didn't deserve and he stuck with him but when, uh, when Spurs played Arsenal he was the player that that frightened me it wasn't because he was a good player but he had the attributes to to hurt us and our left back position at that time was was weak yeah definitely um, um, and it happened in games in 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 the future involving the same the same player, and that was an area that I felt we should have been we should have been weary of.
0: Yeah, um, I remember the, the next season it was
1: identical. Like it wasn't an identical game because again I mean, we took the lead, then we had a player sent off, and we ended up being five two and whatever. Yeah. But all the goals came down that left side again. Um, and it was clear; it was a clear tactic of Arsenal's to exploit that area, especially when it wasn't us counter-attacking anymore. You know, Arsenal had the luxury to pick their attacks when they wanted mm-hmm. any space.
0: Get are it in front you, of walk Are you up. suggesting that Arsene Wenger had tactics?
1: <laughs> um, I, I think I think you know he had some he had some tactics once upon a time, and I even even at the end, you know, I think he he knew what he set out to do. Um, but it's like you know. It's a long it's a long spiral, you know. When you start losing games, it, it, it becomes a habit and you start getting self-doubts. And, and I think yeah. that's that's part of what happened to Tottenham on that particular day and, and in the subsequent games in that season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, like you said, a few minutes later, Theo Walcott popped up again. This time he finished low into the bottom corner. Two brilliant finishes, it's got to be said. And I always felt Theo Walcott was a lot more uh, clinical when he didn't have time to think about it. When the ball come. He took a touch, get it out of his feet, and he'll just hit it. And that was when you'd see the best of Theo Walcott. Um, And then, obviously, late on in the game, Scott Parker got sent off for a uh, second yellow just to make things worse for you guys. Um, But, interestingly, I was having a look at the the league table, actually, after this game finished. And you guys were still a good, like you said, seven points ahead of us after this. Seven points to think that we were seven points behind Spurs as far back as 2012 is is quite yeah.
1: Strange. I think you know when you put the banter to one side, when I said I, I felt that that was the first season that that we were better than Arsenal in 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 terms of in terms of the way we were playing and the results we were putting together and 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 the way we I, I I genuinely mean that. Um, but Spurs have had a lot of criticism over the years for, for bottling things. And actually, this game and this season, I think, is the one time that that can be applied fairly. Because I think we did bottle it on the day. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype about what the gap would be if we won the game. Yeah. Um, we took the lead. As soon as things started going wrong, it was a capitulation. And what happened after that game, there were other things going off off the pitch, sure. But what happened after that game was was genuinely, and it's the only time I think it, it can fairly be labelled, Tottenham, Tottenham did bottle it. Yeah. And after that game this was a significant game for Arsenal because I think after the Milan game um I remember you lost the first leg 4-0 didn't you yeah. um and just before the next Milan game you know, text a few of my friends as I do the Champions League news <laughs> was on and I said well I wonder when you'll hear that again and I think that was the feeling amongst Arsenal apart from the camaraderie that says well we'll finish up Tottenham we always do um if you take that to one side you know there's genuine concerns there but after this game what happened to Tottenham was, we did capitulate, we did bottle it. Our next game was Manchester United, yeah. um, which we lost. Um, and we actually, after the Arsenal game, we we only won one game in our next eight. Wow. Um, and we, we went from third on the coattails of second. Realistically, we never would have caught Manchester City or Manchester United that season. This was the Aguero season, you know, where he scored the... The famous 93rd-minute goal. You know, we weren't at the level of those sides, but at one point we were hanging on to their coattails yep. and we capitulated. And at the end of the season, Harry Redneck was gone, and rightly so, in my opinion. Chelsea won the Champions League, and instead of Arsenal losing their spot, it was Tottenham. And that game put Tottenham back two years, in my opinion, at least. Um, set the foundations, ultimately, in a roundabout way for what happened today. But it kept Arsenal. it kept Arsenal alive. It was significant for Arsenal... At the time, in a good way, but then in a bad way as well, because I think it it sort of gave Wenger a, an extra stay of execution. Which obviously there was a couple of FA Cups in that period, yep. but you do feel that this 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 game bought Arsenal a little bit of time, and it was the same position the next year again, where Arsenal were hanging on to the coattails and got out of jail. But there's only so many times you can get out of jail before actually you get <laughs> it, dry, it, it dries up. But on this occasion, that game was one of the most significant North London derbies for a decade up to that point. Definitely. And the result of it was the catalyst for Tottenham capitulating. And Arsenal that finishing put, third. Arsenal finishing third, which was as, as well as they could have exposed, high as they could have expected at that time or even even dreamt of. They'd have been happy. They'd have been happy drawing that game and finishing fourth at the expense of, of Chelsea. I mean, well, no one that was dreamt. The,
0: that was the season, wasn't it? That, that Aguero won the title for City and. When you think about it, you know, we were looking at the table. Now Arsenal in 3rd were on 70 points. United and City both finished the season on 89. So that's a 19-point gap between third and third and second. That's incredible. Yeah, it's huge. That's it. And, you know, people, you you said that Spurs bottled it. And and to an extent, I agree. But they only ended up finishing a point behind Arsenal and, and were very, very unfortunate not to get that Champions League spot, as much as I hate to say it. Um But yeah, Dan, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, Really appreciate getting your point of view and your thoughts on things. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode of A Trip Down Memory Lane, give us a like on YouTube. Uh, Give us a subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever you listen from, uh, because that does really help us grow. Um, So thank you very much in advance for that. And don't forget, this podcast is sponsored by Loserpool. Thanks to my guest, Dan DeLuca. Dan, do you want to quickly let our listeners or viewers know how they can follow you on social media. You're always arguing with someone, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm normally just winding someone up to be honest. Um, but it's, it's DDL underscore SSN. Um, uh, as Harry said, I join him most weeks on the Sofa Sports pod, which he, which is currently being rebranded. So, yeah. so watch we'll this space. Uh, that. We'll be back uh, very, very soon. A- anytime you want you want me uh, back on your show so you can all celebrate <laughs> while I wallow in Tottenham self-pity, then, um, Yeah, you're very welcome.
0: Cheers, Dan. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks for having me on.